Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. All right. Um, I'm super excited today. This is going to be a fun podcast episode. We have um, Melanie Childers here with us. And I'm going to have her introduce herself and some of the work she does. And we will put up all the links to all her goods. Um, But one thing I'm excited about, I actually just said to her before I hit record, is like, I don't know where this conversation is going to go. Let's just find out. (laughs) Let's just dig in. So why don't you introduce yourself? And then I will tell everyone why I even invited you onto the show as a guest. And then we'll see where it goes. Awesome. I love it. Thank you so much for having me. It is so nice to meet you and get to know you better. And I'm so excited to be on the show today. Um, So my name is Melanie Childers. I am at MelanieChilders.com. I am a master certified life coach for badass progressive women who want to change (laughs) the world. And some of them are changing the world by running for office. Some of them are changing the world by running nonprofits. Some of them are changing the world by writing books, doing TED Talks, Mm. building businesses, all of the ways that we can stand up and lead and make a fucking difference in this country. So good. And change the trajectory of all the shit that's happening. And I hope it's fine that I say fucking shit here. Yeah, you're good. I I label all of my shows explicit only because of the content. Mm -hmm. So it's an easy pass. Like if I'm like, if you say whatever you want, I just label it explicit anyway. (laughs) Also (laughs) F-bob. Fabulous. (laughs) So good. All right. Well, I can't even remember exactly where we connected. I think it was in another coach's thread. The thing that stuck out to me about you was your work with um, a piece of your coaching work was with politicians and people running for office or in office um, who have that slight edge on power to make a difference, right? And we Mm -hmm. can all make a difference, all of us. But like people who really wanna make that kind of difference, like in law, in government, in the the big stuff that that keeps our world going or our nation anyway. so that really attracted me to, to you because um, I don't feel like it's a place, when I first had my abortion, I felt like, well, if I want to give back to women's health in the, in the realm of abortion, I need to do more work around access to choice and access to centers and care, you know, non-judgmental care. And like, I thought that was where I had to go. Um, until I realized it wasn't and that I could support like mental health after abortion. But I think a lot of women who have abortions have that thought like I did, where they're like, how do I make this easier for other women? How do I make Mm -hmm. this smoother for other women? So a lot of times it comes down to, you know, access and literal law. Like, (laughs) can I, can I get an abortion? Um, So that was what attracted me to you. But where I think our conversation might go is 
a little bit the direction of politics and a lot of it the direction of just like how do I show up as a badass you know whether it is that job promotion or you know moving my family to somewhere I actually want to live in the world or starting the business or becoming a politician like I've had this transformational experience for anyone who listened to um, the episode with Cassie Underwood. We talk about how both of us really believe women who've had abortion have a strength and a knowing. And I don't know, Melanie, if you have or not, and you don't have to share on the show, but that women who've had abortion have a strength and a knowing and an access to this information about life that makes them stronger if they want to tap into it and use it. (laughs) So a lot of women are like, what do I do with this knowing and this strength? Like, how do I use this new badass piece of myself to, to do in the world? Yeah. So I think that that's so, so fascinating and so powerful. So I'm an, I'm, I'm just an open fucking book. Like I, yeah, I share good. everything. Me too. <laughs> um, I've, I've been married twice, Okay. Um, but I, I have never had an abortion, but I've always been pro-choice. And it was a, it, I feel like it was a hard decision for me because I was raised in a, I, I'm Southern Baptist, raised in a Baptist yeah. family, grew okay. up in the South. I still live in the South. I don't, you know, I've always known I'm very different. I don't really belong, quote, belong here, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this is where I am. So, um, but you know, I was raised with this background of like, that's not a thing that you would ever do. Mm. And yet, you know, I went to high school and girls in my middle school were getting pregnant at like 13 and 14 and 15. And like, even, even in high school, like the cheerleaders were getting pregnant and it was like, uh, you guys, okay, well, um, (laughs) I sort of had to like start to challenge that. I'm like, if that were me, there's no way this would be the life that I would choose for myself. I would not want this for myself. And what would I do in this? What decision would I make? I was brought up to believe that there's no decision here. You have the baby. And I was like, yeah, but I'm going to college. I got dreams. I got shit to do. Yeah. I'm, I'm that, that is, I don't ever want to have to make that choice, but I don't ever want to be the kind of person who would say, how dare you make that choice for yourself? That just didn't, that flew in the face of like, all the things that I was brought up to believe. And so, you know, when I, I think, I think it's true that they say that, you know, when you go to college, you broaden your horizons and you learn more about other people and, and the world. Yeah. And so I definitely broke out of all of that when I was in college, I started, I questioned everything and I was like, oh my God, that might not be a decision that I would ever make for myself, but I would never want to be the kind of person that's like, don't, you don't make that decision. Yeah. And then. Wait, I, so even before you went to college and broadened your horizons right yeah you had it sounds like you had an awareness in maybe even middle and high school that like something's not right here something's different there's there's more to this story than what I've been taught did I hear that right yeah for sure okay so what was that in you like what what was that in you that said like maybe I don't have to believe and continue the cycle of everything I've learned do you have any idea Um, well, I do know because I've always, I've always been, yeah. since I was about 11 or 12, I've always had this like very rebellious part of me mm. that was like, 
Like I started like smoking and drinking when I was 11 and 12 and running away from home at 13. So like I broke that mold pretty quick. Wow. Um, much to my mom's chagrin. Yeah. Still, the I mama and me is like, oh God, no. <laughs> I know. I still apologize to her every now and then. I'm like, mom, about that time when I was 13, I'm really yeah. sorry. Right. <laughs> but I mean, it was so, so important for me to start to assert my own thoughts and opinions and mm -hmm. no, I'm not going to do what mm -hmm. you want me to do. And yeah. so like that, that programming started, I think it was about the time that my mom got remarried mm. and it wasn't that I had like some super affection for my dad. And I do love my stepdad very much now, but like yeah. at 11, like he came with like rules and religion and all of these things. And I was just like, and that's a no. <laughs> I was like, mm, no to all of yeah. that. Do you have siblings? I do. I have and did they have the same family. reaction or different? I'm just curious. No, they yeah. So it's like almost just like in some ways when you can pull it back that early to like 10, 11, 12, in some ways it is just a personality thing. Like, mm -hmm. Wasn't like something you were taught or experienced that said, you know what, maybe I don't have to go with the flow. Yeah. There's a little piece of you that was just like For rebel sure. child. Oh yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, when I got to college, I was like, oh, I don't have to. I can incorporate everything that I've learned, and I can incorporate all the things that I've learned from other people and other other people's experiences and what else is out there in the world, and I get to decide. And I think that that truly that thought, that idea, I get to decide what's oh, right for me and what's so right good. for my life Yeah, is, I wonder if that's the crux of all of it, right? Yeah. Because like when, when yeah. you go to, to make that decision for yourself and you've decided I'm making the right decision for me mm -hmm. and you go mm -hmm. and have this, you know, have this thing done and you, this is the path that you've chosen. Like, I wonder if that's why it feels so empowering and feels so like badass because you're like I made a solid decision for me yeah. period yeah yeah I yeah I think it is it is such a powerful decision um to literally have like I mean there's all kinds of nuances around life and death right when we're talking about a fetus especially mm -hmm. in early you know literally cells but it is it's by far the most powerful decision I've ever made, you know, and I'm married, have three kids and 40 in my forties, like it's indescribable. It can't be compared to anything else. And so then you, you recognize how powerful you are. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, what do I do with that? And I think some people freak out and some people use that as like fuel. Or yeah. what else can I do? How else can I take charge of my life and what I want and what I think is best for me and my family or whatever the pieces are? Um, but there, it is that like, for some people that power scares the shit out of them and some people that power is the very thing that fuels them. So yeah. I don't know. Tell me what you think about that. Like, do you... Do you see that in, in your clients who've had not necessarily abortions, but some kind of experience that said to them, like, let's go do more or holy shit. Now I'm paralyzed. Cause that was like too scary. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, for sure. I think that I see that in, 
the majority of my clients and the majority of, of women that I've coached because, and, and from my own experience, I had breast cancer at 34, almost 10 yeah. years ago. Okay. Um, and that experience was both empowering and terrifying. Yeah. And so I think both can exist at the same time. It just depends. Like, I think that saying is like, which wolf do you feed? Mm. Right. And it's like, I, I think for what I've seen, a lot of the, the women that I've coached have had some sort of event happen in their lives in which they realized their power. So maybe they were abused in some way. Maybe they were in a mm -hmm. toxic relationship or maybe they went completely bankrupt and had cancer like me, or maybe they had, you know, got a divorce or maybe they had a really terrible work environment, or maybe they lost, you know, they lost everything in some way. And it's when we're able to decide what all that means and decide what we want it to mean about us mm -hmm. and then take steps deliberately on purpose out of that, that continues to build our power or we yeah. continue to erode our power and doubt yes. ourselves. And I, I've seen it in, you know, both aspects in the same person. And, and I think oftentimes when we are confronted when our, with our own power, I think part of like our natural response is to be afraid of it and to question it and to think, what does this mean? What do I do with it? Now yeah. what? And I think our own personal power is to make that decision. What do I want to do with this? Yeah. Yeah. Do I want to be afraid of it or do I want to let it grow me and motivate me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think the essence of coaching, which is the field we're both in, is taking back and owning your power. A hundred Whether it's like, I'm choosing to stay in this abusive relationship or I'm choosing to leave this abusive relationship. Either way, I have the power I am choosing. Um, so that to me is like, that it's, it's just so, I, I love that you brought it to this piece of I get to decide. And I think that is so much of the conversation around abortion and what's missing is that we're having a lot of the conversation around I get to decide whether or not to have one. But then the conversation we're not having so much is I get to decide what to do after I've had one. Mm -hmm. And that's where like the politics thing is so interesting because, um, a lot of us feel called to like protect the choice or like, I got to protect the choice. I got to protect the access. I got to protect the healthcare. Mm -hmm. And so we're drawn to that, but then we're missing this whole piece that I hope I'm starting to fill a little bit, like starting to have more conversations about like, wait, I also get to decide what to do after <laughs> mm -hmm. and taking back that power. So. What, what might you say if a woman came to you who said, I made this decision, A, I feel really good about it, or B, I'm not sure I made the right decision, but now I want to decide what to do next. Like, where do I start? Yeah, I would start, I think, with exploring how you feel about the decision and what you want to make it mean about you yeah. Yeah. and about the decision. Yeah. So it's like, what am I making it mean? And then what do I want to make it mean? Right. What am I making yeah. it mean now? What do I want to make it yeah. mean? Yeah. Yeah. 
And then how do I want to, if I feel good about it or once I feel good about it, right? Once I've taken ownership and decided this was the right thing for me and I'm happy with that choice, Mm -hmm. then what do I want to do with that power? Mm -hmm. And it might mean, yeah, go join some organization like Planned Parenthood Southeast. Right. Like that doesn't necessarily mean go work in the clinic, but it might mean escort other women to the door. Yeah. Or it might mean get involved on the lobbying side. Yeah. How do you want to make a difference there? Or do you want to go talk into the communities and talk about what it looks like to open a clinic or investigate, is there interest in a clinic? Um, I think it was two years ago, right? Two years ago. Um, I am friends with the current, I think she's the president of Planned Parenthood Southeast right now. Okay. Um, and Stacy Fox. So hi, Stacy, if you're listening. <laughs> um, and she asked, because I live in Athens, Georgia, where the University of Georgia is, and we've never had a Planned Parenthood in okay. a place with 40,000 college students, half of them women. Wow. If they wanted to get abortion in Athens, they had to drive an hour and a half to Atlanta yeah. during the week, which means missing classes mm-hmm. and have the funds and have the, the travel, you know, resources available to them. Cause you can't just get on a train. You can't just Uber. Right. Right. It's too far away. So wow. you have to have the means for transportation, wow. the money to afford it, the ability to make an appointment and get to that appointment during the week when you have classes. Um, or even just not college students. We have a, you know, we have a base of, the people who do live here is, you know, there's a, a fair chunk of, of them that is under the poverty line. Yeah. We have one of the highest um, homeless rates per capita in the U.S. Yeah. And part of that is because of the university and because cheap labor is everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but so Stacy came and said, hey, I want to I put together like a community conversation with abortion advocates and people who are interested in bringing a Planned Parenthood clinic to Athens, mm-hmm. what do we do to make that happen? And so like she brought us all, we got out all together and had a, had a really great conversation. And then their next role was like, let's poll and talk to the community. So there's work behind the scenes yeah, that happens. Yeah, there's work yeah. on the front line that happens. There's, and that's just with Planned Parenthood as an organization. Yeah, for there sure. There are many others. There's Abortion Action Front. There's you know, wherever you are in your local communities, there is some sort of, like New Orleans has a huge abortion, like community clinic activists mm-hmm. that um, are constantly working with the Louisiana state legislature. There's a huge group in Atlanta that's always working with the Georgia state legislature. And our frustration here is that they, the Republicans keep trying to bring bills that are unconstitutionally unconstitutional patently so that they can get bumped up to the Supreme Court and have an overturned yeah. Roe versus Wade. Yeah. So they did this in the last legislative session and it went to a federal judge last week who threw it out and said, no, it's unconstitutional. Yeah. And the very next day, the governor and the lieutenant governor filed an appeal. And it's like, why in, <sighs> in this time right now, when you have taken a billion, literally a billion dollars in the 2020 legislative session, away from schools, away from education, and you cut all of these other things. Why is this where you're willing to spend taxpayer dollars? It's crazy. Why is this one of the hills you want to die on? And it yeah. just doesn't, it does make sense, but it doesn't make sense to me. At this Political time. power. 
Right. And so yeah. we do need women running for office who are pro-choice. Yeah. Yeah. We do need mm-hmm. women volunteering yeah. on pro-choice candidate campaigns. We do need yes. women going to lobby the Capitol for choice. Yes. We do need women showing up for all of these other organizations because they need help. They need donations. They need support. But then to your point, there is also other things that can be done. And I think what you noticed, what you told me about your story is that you went through this and you made this decision and then there was no one to help you on the other side. And I think that there's so much room here for us to create communities and coaches and healthcare providers who are helping with processing the decision afterwards and helping you step into your power afterwards so that no matter what you choose, if you want to make a difference or if you want to leave it behind and be like, okay, I'm done. That part of my life is complete now. You get to feel empowered about it. You get to feel however you want to feel about it. Yeah. 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 I talk a lot about honoring your decision and honoring your choice and honoring that piece of your past. Um, And by piece, it might be one or many abortions, but, and that can mean so much. It can mean I'm going to honor it by loving myself. I'm going to honor it by loving the children I have. I'm going to honor it by, you know, holding it intimate and safe. I'm going to honor it by becoming a politician. I'm going to honor it by starting that business or volunteering for, you know, a pro pro choice um, campaign um, or Planned Parenthood. So, yeah, it's like, so as a coach of badass women, (laughs) tell me like, let's say somebody's listening and they're like, okay, I want to go do something that feels really good. Um, I want to start to like release my inner badass. Um, but I don't know where to start. Right. Cause everyone wants to know the how it's just like, yep. that's, that's what they want. <laughs> um, we know as coaches, there's a lot of layers that are much more um, effective in terms of getting action, you know, making progress than the actual how, mm-hmm. but like, all right. So we've got listeners who want to start to release their inner badass after abortion. Tell me like, you know, the top three things you, you recommend they do. Oh my goodness. I think, I think the first thing that I would do is mine my past for all of the evidence that mm. I'm already a badass. Nice. Right? Because what our, what our brains try to do is like keep us safe yeah. and dismiss and negate yeah. all of our badassery. And so yeah. truly the very first step, no matter what you have been through, the very first step to owning your badassery is go find all of the evidence <clears throat> that already proves that you're a badass. Okay. Give us some examples. Cause some people are like, I'm not, I don't have any. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Everything counts. Literally everything. Did you graduate kindergarten? Right. Way to go. Badass. Right. Right. Did you finish the fifth grade? (laughs) Fuck yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. It's like, you have to let everything count. We tend to think, oh, it's only if I've already achieved some pinnacle of success of someone else's else's standard determination of success right so I can't be a badass if I'm not a CEO or running my own business or have like been to the Olympics or Mm -hmm. done something amazing right and it's like you get to own every tiny piece of your life and decide everything that you've ever done is amazing yeah period yeah and my brain would do this too like I I have a bachelor's in journalism and then I got a master's in adult education 
And when I first set up my website, I didn't put anything about my master's degree. I was like, no, 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 that doesn't count. That's in something completely different. Right. And I had one never mind the fact that I completed a master's in anything. Right. <laughs> I worked really hard for two years to get that. Right. <laughs> get that piece of paper. I know how to get shit done. Right. I got a thing done. Woohoo. Mm -hmm. But like even even the big things, our brain wants to negate them. And so we have to go on purpose and dig up all the evidence. What do I know? Mm -hmm. What am I good at? What have I tried really hard at? Even mm -hmm. if I failed, because the courage to do a hard thing is badass, even if yeah. you fail. Yeah. And so we got to go investigate and look for all of the ways that we're already awesome, all the ways that we're already courageous, all the ways that we're already resilient, and really allow ourselves to have that. Sweet. To, okay. I love oh, that step one. That's so good. All right. After we've done that, what do we do? And then I go to like my next future self. Mm -hmm. and all the things that I think I might want to accomplish there mm -hmm. and go ahead and give myself credit for who I want to be and brainstorm from that place of what do I want to create in the world? What feels fun? What feels exciting? What feels juicy? What feels fulfilling? What would feel yeah. fun? Yeah. And then I start to like brainstorm all of those things. Yeah. And then I pick the one that feels the most fun. And I just go try to do it. <laughs> so that's step three. Just go do it. Just go do it. Yeah. And I think, I think the key piece of step three, yes. the, the just go do it part, is not to beat yourself up if it doesn't go the way you think it will. Yeah. Because that's the resilience piece. It's like, am I willing to take action and not make it mean anything bad about me if it doesn't work? Am I willing to keep going until I get what I want? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And just keep learning. I was, I was just on the um, before our, before our little chat here, I was just with a client and it was just like, you got to act and then reflect and then adapt. That's it. Yeah. That's how you do it. End of a story. Like stop with the excuses, stop with the blaming, stop with the buffering, act, reflect, adapt. That's exactly. it. <laughs> so if I want to go make a difference, if I want to go turn my abortion into something, if I want to go you know, fight for women's rights or, um, you know, show up. And like you said, escort someone to a clinic or send out mailings, whatever it is. I just got to take action and see how it feels and reflect on how it feels and go, okay, what's my next step? Yeah. What's my next step? What do I want to do? So I, I think I the beautiful those. thing about like our work is like, we know because we do this and not everybody I think out there in the world knows you can just decide you're fucking badass today. Right now. So true. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you failed at, no matter what hasn't yeah. worked out, no matter what mistakes you've made, no matter who you've ever been, yeah. nobody can, literally nobody can take that from you. You can mm -hmm. truly decide to believe whatever the hell you want. Yeah. And one of the ways I love to do that is to play some of my favorite music and like dance nice. and like imagine that I am that performer and like put that that persona on like a coat and like walk around my house. Yeah. So like, oh, I love that. I'll play Lady Gaga and be like, I am Lady Gaga for today. Yes. <laughs> I so own it. Awesome. This is mine. I get to think about myself and walk around my house like this. That's so good. And another thing funny. that popped up for me is we also get to decide to just like ourselves. And I think after abortion, so many women too easily slip into the, now I don't like myself. It's like, 
whoa, (laughs) you can just decide. You can just decide to like yourself and it's going to change your life, right? No matter what my past, no matter what's happened to me, no matter what I've chosen, I'm going to decide to like myself and take action from there. Um, And I think it's so powerful not to judge yourself. Yeah. Because that being able to release all of that gives you so much power back. Yeah. Yeah. I know the self-judgment's killing us all. Right? Yeah. For sure. And it's designed that way. <laughs> so good. Well, I think there's all kinds of juicy nuggets in here for listeners. Is there anything else you want to share? Again, my audience are mostly um, people who have chosen abortion, also people who just support support abortion and want to be even more supportive but um and I do attract a lot of people who want to take back power in their life and create something so that's where I feel like you've given so many juicy nuggets anything else you want to share or do you feel feel good I think to me the most powerful thing that you can ever do is decide that you're amazing exactly as you are and to choose to love yourself on purpose yeah and to choose to release any and all judgments about you and let go of everything that you don't think is possible for you because it's just your brain trying to keep you safe yeah you are so much bigger than that you are so much more powerful than that and you are so much more dynamic so much more is possible for us that we ever let ourselves believe. And when you let yourself imagine and then decide, I'm going to decide to believe that just for today. I'm going to decide it's possible just for today and choose that every single day. You will blow your own damn mind. (laughs) So good. I think that's the big takeaway. Like I get to decide. Yeah. You know, if nothing else, your takeaway from this conversation, like what are you going to go decide? Because you get to decide whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. And I think it's also a super important uh, takeaway, especially for my audience, because a lot of us make an intuitive decision or a knowing decision based on, you know, I know I'm not meant to have a baby right now in this way with this person at this time, whatever it is. Um, And we feel so strong about that. We feel so confident about that but then the world, (laughs) Mm -hmm. then the voices tell us otherwise. And the voices around abortion are pretty damn strong. And they're pretty, they're pretty, the aggressive is the word that comes to play. Right. So then it's like, wait a second, how could I have felt so good about knowing what I needed? And everyone else is telling me like all this crazy shit. So, um, to just keep coming back, I get to decide. I get to decide. I well, get and I, I think it's, it's also repeating, this is the right thing for me. And deciding to trust as, as part of the deciding process, getting to decide, you get to decide that you trust yourself. Yeah. And you get to decide that the outside voices who might have judgment about you aren't relevant because they're not. Yeah. They're not living your life. They're not in your house. Yeah. Or if they are, it's still their thoughts and opinions. You get yeah. to decide to have your thoughts and opinions about you. Always. No one can ever take that from you. And I think that that is so powerful to know and to hold on to and to to trust your own opinions and to trust your own judgment. Because every piece of 
the patriarchal society that we live in, every part of it is meant to undermine our confidence. Every part of it is meant for us to live up to a very specific standard that just is not reality. And when we trust ourselves, and I think that this happens as we get older and older and older, that's why, you know, you know, the witch, (laughs) the crone is so scary Yeah, because she knows herself, she trusts herself and she doesn't give a shit. She just anybody owning it has to say. Mm-hmm. She does her own fucking thing and nobody, nobody can mess with her. Yeah, yeah. That's why she's powerful because she trusts herself. She makes her own decisions and she does not care what anybody else thinks. Yeah. And yeah. when we embody some of that for ourselves, we, we run the world. Yeah. And I'm remembering as you're talking, when I first started this work, like my kind of tagline was own your abortion. Um. And I slipped away from that a little bit, but it is so much what this conversation is. And like, when you can own it, that's like that piece of power. That's like, nobody can take, nobody can tell you otherwise. Like I got to decide I'm going to own it and I'm going to go be a badass. (laughs) Well, and I think that that also helps like shine the sunshine on the shame. Yeah. Yeah right? Because that's really kind of what we're talking around is like the shame that happens too. Yes. And it's like when you take ownership, the shame doesn't get to live anymore. It's like you shine yes, a light on it. Exactly. Right? And it's like, no, I'm going to decide. I made a decision. I'm proud of my decision. I'm yeah. happy with my decision. It was the right thing for me. There's no room for shame here. Let's yeah. Just Even if I wouldn't make it again. Yeah. I Even love that I one too. I'm like, if I got pregnant again, I might not make that decision, but I can still own the last one. Yeah, I love that. I love that visual of, you know, the shame lives in the darkness and just shine a light on it. Yep. It's gone. It can't live. You know, it can't, it can't exist yeah. if you're showing up and you're owning it. Well, and that was the thing that I noticed in the breast cancer community after I had, I had a double mastectomy and a couple of rounds of chemo. Yeah. And there's a lot of everyone's diagnosis is a little bit different. It's like, even if you have the same diagnosis as somebody, you might have a different treatment mm. option. Or you're, you know, mm-hmm. our bodies, our genetics are different. Everybody's on a different path, yeah. whether they're stage zero and have a, you know, a double mastectomy or they're stage four and have none and just get treatment for the rest yeah. of their lives, right? We're all on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. But there was so much shame about the language that's used around it. Like if you die, you lose your battle with cancer Mm. and, oh, you should be a fighter and you should be courageous. And it's all of these, it's truly just other people's thoughts and opinions. It's not terribly different from the like abortion conversation. Right. It's like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Or I should have done it a different way. Or I should have considered this. Or it's really just taking into account all of these other people's decisions. And two of my friends and I put together a website that was deliberately like, we need to have these conversations and talk about these things that we feel shame about and help everybody else feel less lonely and feel more understood and feel more seen and like bring your story. So we created an online magazine and that was how I used my empowerment Mm -hmm. initially, right. You know, after my diagnosis and as I was becoming a coach and that felt so fulfilling and so good to me. Until it didn't. And then mm-hmm. I decided to love it and walk away from it. Yeah. But, but that I think is like the key piece here that's happening is like taking ownership looks like owning our whole story, owning all of our feelings about it. And it might look like sharing with other people to take the shame and the loneliness and the 
the fear that we have out of the equation and say, let's just, let's just own this. This is the thing that happened. Let's own it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's make it so good. Thank you for having this conversation with me because that's yeah, all we did, right? I mean, we just shown more light, broke down more stigma, released a little more shame and hopefully helped some listeners feel a little less alone. So yeah, I love um, your website is melaniechilders.com. melaniechilders.com and um, I'll do all the links and you know, all the good stuff. So anyone can reach out to you. But thank you so much for having this conversation with me and it went exactly where it needed to go. Exactly. Shocking. <laughs> it always does. <laughs> I'm so glad that you're, that you're doing this and I think it's such vital and important work in the world. And I'm so thankful that you exist and that this is your, this is your lane and this is your work. I think it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I'm excited to get to know you more as we move forward. Me too. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening, and as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice for.